We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to the Pack a Day Podcast, Packer fans. My name is Tyler Grzegorek. Today I am joined by Chris Schimmel, and we are here today to preview the divisional round of these NFL playoffs of the 2019 season. Uh, Chris, how you doing today? Pretty good, you. You have a good New Year? I had a great New Year. Uh, we actually just kind of stayed home and we watched a movie, relaxed a little bit. Um, I think this is what it's like to, to become an actual adult, become a little bit older. You know, I had no desire to go out and uh, fight the crowds this year. Well, yeah, it's kind of funny how being grounded was a punishment when you're a kid, and now it's you're looking forward to it as an adult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't think I, like I said, I don't think I would have rather done it any other way. I was, we were on the couch. I think we watched um, that that new Netflix movie, uh, Marriage Story, with Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Um, it was pretty good, actually. So if you have some time, check it out. But we're not here to talk about Netflix. We're here to talk about football. We're here to talk about the divisional round specifically. And um, so, Chris, outside of the Seahawks and Packers, which obviously is the biggest matchup here, um, which of the other three games are you most excited to to watch? Well, of course, Vikings 49ers, just to see if there's going to be, uh, you know, Packers versus Vikings part three this year. Because, you know, we haven't seen one of those in a long time. So, of course, Vikings, 49ers, simply because, you know, NFC, you know, 
who the Packers are going to be playing next, how the 49ers match up with the Vikings, how the Vikings will attack the 49ers. So that one by far is going to be the one I'm going to be looking at. The other two in the AFC number, of course, the Ravens simply because Lamar Jackson's just so fun to watch. And then, of course, Texas Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. It's kind of hard, you know, not to, tur- to turn it on when, you know, Patrick Mahomes is playing. So overall, I feel like this is going to be a fun, uh, fun week for football. How about you? Yeah, you know, I had this feeling when I was looking at all the matchups this week, and Seahawks and Packers are included. I, I don't think I would have picked any of these eight teams to make it this far in the playoffs if you had asked me week one, other than maybe, maybe the Chiefs. I think the other teams that have been like, oh, you know, they'll be they'll be decent, but even for the Packers, they're like, oh, they'll finish ten and six. There might be a wild card team this year, but. All these other teams, maybe the 49ers. You know, I think we were we were expecting a big step forward from them last year, and we didn't get it, and so we were all kind of disappointed. So, you know, none of these teams I was really looking at, um, looking at yesterday, and being like, yeah, these guys were preseason favorites to make it here, and so it's really interesting to watch um, to watch all these games unfold now, and just kind of see who who ends up in the Super Bowl because it's not going to be who we expected um, at all. But I'm looking forward to that Titans-Ravens game. I just have a feeling it's going to be such a good game. Maybe not a high-scoring game, but I just feel like it's going to be back and forth. Um, the biggest question in that game, obviously, for the Titans is can Ryan Tannehill keep them in the game or win the game when they need him to? And um, I don't think he can. So hopefully he proves me wrong because I, I would love to see an, an upset there. And also if the Packers do advance, um, which certainly, you know, knocking on wood for that. Uh, don't want to take on Lamar Jackson because I just don't know how they'd match up against him. Um, and we'll talk about Russell Wilson and their matchup against the, and his matchup against the Packers and uh, how he probably has an advantage in several areas. So I, I think Titans-Ravens would be my, my favorite matchup. So let's move into Texans and Chiefs then. It's the only game we haven't really touched on yet. What are you looking for in Texans and Chiefs? Well, this is going to be a huge rematch because, remember, the Texans beat the Chiefs 31-24. But uh, I th- I'm wondering if the Texans are going to go into the against the Chiefs with sort of the same game plan they had last time because the last time they played, the Texans gained 192 yards on the ground. They had a basically a time of possession of 40 minutes to 20 for the Chiefs. So I think that's going to be probably the game plan again is just keep Mahomes off the field. But Kansas City's defense – since week 11, they're allowing only 11.5 points per game. So this is going to be a complete two completely different teams since the last time they played one another. So I'm going to really look forward to what team am I going to see going in? Is it the Texans? Because I, I think Deshaun Watson can still, you know, do his magic, keep the game close. But I, I still think the Chiefs are going to come out with the victory. But I think it's still going to be an exciting game. You know, I think the Chiefs actually win this game. Um, and last the last time I was on the podcast, we talked about the Packers exercising their demons and getting rid of, uh, you know, having to overcome certain teams to to take home the Lombardi Trophy this year. Um, you know, possibly they're going to have to beat they have to beat the Seahawks obviously this week. They're possibly going to have to beat the 49ers next week, who who walloped them in the regular season, um, and then maybe even the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl uh, trophy this year. I know that they beat them in the regular season, but it was without Patrick Mahomes. Um, wasn't, a, wasn't a full-strength Chiefs team. That was a mouthful. 
and I, I don't, you know, I wasn't sure if this Packers team was going to beat that Chiefs team in the regular season with Patrick Mahomes. And so I think that, you know, just having to beat them in the Super Bowl would be quite poetic. And um, I, there'd be no more questions about this Packers team if that's what, if that's what it came down to. So I'm looking forward to all these games, though. I think that they're all going to be very good. Um, I honestly believe that the Vikings are not going to really stand a chance against the 49ers. But who knows? The, the Niners have been off for two weeks. So we'll see how Shanahan does and keeping that team prepared and ready to play. Uh, same thing for LaFleur. You know, he, he didn't do well off the bye week in the regular season. Um, uh, I'm a little nervous about that, that fact. Uh, I believe that the veterans will help keep this team on track. Aaron Rodgers specifically, uh, Zedarius Smith, who I don't, I don't know off the top of my head how much play ho- playoff experience he has, but there are other guys on this team, Jamal Williams, Blake Martinez, who do have playoff experience. And so, I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, I think Packers are gonna Packers are gonna have their hands full on the, on defense for sure. And so with that, why don't we jump into our little mini game preview? Um, we can start with the injury report. Uh, I'll just quickly kind of go over it. The Packers are actually relatively healthy, knocking on wood again. Um, the, everybody is questionable. So, Balaga fully practiced on Friday. Kenny Clark is still questionable with a back injury. Rayshon Gary uh, fully practiced on Friday with that shoulder that he's been dealing with all year long. So, no concern there. Uh, Jimmy Graham uh, has a wrist injury he's been dealing with consistently all year. Uh, and he's got veteran rest. So, he, limit, he was limited practice on Friday, but he'll play. Uh, Tyler Lancaster did not practice on Friday. He's dealing with the flu that's been going around that locker room. So he's questionable. Alan Lazard was a full practice. Mercedes Lewis was a limited practice uh, with veteran rest, so we should expect to see him. Corey Lindsley, Blake Martinez, Will Redmond, all full practice. Uh, Preston Smith is dealing with an ankle injury and was limited practice all week. So that might be one to keep an eye on. Um, it doesn't say veteran rest here, so it's possible that he was legitimately nursing it. However, it might be just the floor managing that workload. Uh, Billy Turner was also limited practice with an ankle injury. Danny Vitale was, uh, uh, did not practice on Friday, uh, with the, with a knee injury and also was dealing with the flu. Dexter Williams did not practice, but I don't think we'll see him anyway. But it says that he was dealing with an illness. Jamal Williams is a full practice with the shoulder, and Tremont Williams did, or it was a limited practice on Friday with veteran rest. I know I just went over a lot of names, Chris, but is there anything there that is concerning to you or any red flags? It's almost crazy to think that, of course, the Packers are one of the healthiest teams in the league, and that you list, you know, read off that huge report, you know, to think that that's actually a pretty healthy team is, Especially compared to other teams. I mean, look at Seattle. I think Seattle's in a much worse situation than Green Bay. So hopefully, knock on wood, that keeps going, that the Packers continue to remain healthier than the opposing teams. So with that but, being uh, said, well, I was going to say, with that being said, let's jump into the Seattle report real quick and just kind of get that out of the way. Um, yeah, this is a lengthy one. Holy crap. All right, well, let's go. So Ziggy Ansah is dealing with a neck injury, and he's been dealing with a neck injury, I believe, all year. Uh, he was he did not practice on Fridays, officially questionable. Uh, linebacker Cody Barton is a full practice on Friday. Uh, he's been starting alongside Bobby Wagner. Um, 
Marquise Blair did not practice on Friday. He's officially questionable, their rookie safety. Dwayne Brown, the tackle, is dealing with a knee injury, is limited practice, and is officially questionable for Friday. That's a big one to keep an eye on. Uh, Jerome Brown, another special teams receiver, depth depth receiver for that team, dealing with a knee injury, full practice on Friday. Jadavian Clowney was a full practice on Friday. He'll he'll play. Uh, George Fant, one of the tackles, was limited practice on Friday. It's officially questionable. Trey Flowers, full practice on Friday. So that's the cornerback for, for the Seahawks opposite of Shaquille Griffin. So expect to see him play. Uh, Joey Hunt, backup center. I think he's a backup center, actually. I'm not even sure anymore. Um, full practice Friday for them, so you expect to see him. Mike Upati did not practice with a neck injury on Friday. Uh, he's doubtful to play. So that's a big in- that's a big injury that the Seahawks have been dealing with, and um, they struggled to handle his loss in the win over Philadelphia. And so he's another big one to keep an eye on. Kenny Clark is definitely keep an eye on that one. So Quinton Jefferson uh, is officially questionable with an ankle injury. He did have a limited practice on Friday. He's the defensive end, um, more of a depth play for them. I don't. Uh, so looking at the other guys here, we have Jamarco Jones, uh, backup tackle, DK Metcalf, Jerron Reed, Malik Turner, and Dakota Watson, who are all full practice on Friday. So expect to see all those guys play. Um, the funny thing about NFL injury reports, though, is, you know, even if you just walk into your coach's office and be like, ah, oh, man, you know, I don't know about my ankle, like, it's just sore, has put you on the injury report. And so, you know, sometimes you can't really read into these things, and that's probably why um, the injury reports get pretty picked apart sometimes. But, you know, a lot of these guys on the list, uh, there was never a doubt that they were going to play. Um, but going through the Seahawks, Injury report. Which one of these could be the biggest, uh, you know, the most key injury for the for the Seahawks that the Packers could exploit? Right now, I'd definitely say their offensive line, simply because the Packers. You, you saw what you know what Fletcher Cox did against the Philadelphia interior. I mean, against uh, uh, destroyed the Seattle's offensive line interior, and I see Kenny Clark and the Smiths in the in the backfield all day long against Seattle. So I think that. Their offensive line is banged up. Of course, their two big running backs are out. So I see them putting – it's going to be Russell, Russell Wilson. He's going to have to save the day. And he's been sacked a, a league high 48 times. So I think that's the biggest injuries is running back and offensive line. And I think hopefully the Packers defense will exploit it. That's the biggest matchup I see in this game. You, you know, I don't think you're wrong. Um I'm halfway expecting Patton to do what he's been doing all year and just move Zadarius inside, whether it's standing up or even moving him inside as a defensive tackle and just allow, allowing him to do his, to do his thing and to put pressure on Russell Wilson. And when you have a guy like Russell Wilson, you need to get pressure on the interior. You need to have two strong edge defenders so you can contain that pocket, keep him in the pocket. And then you need to get pressure from the interior. That entire defensive front is going to have their hands full on Sunday. And even behind that, I think that they need to deploy some kind of spy, as the Eagles did with Malcolm Jenkins. Um, you know, I look at this Packers defense. I don't want that guy to be Bla- Blake Martinez, excuse me. Yes, um, definitely. You need, <laughs> you, need, you need faster players on the field. So, with that being said, I think that's a role for Ibrahim Campbell or Raven Green. Uh, we haven't seen officially that Raven Green is going to play yet, I don't think. So, uh, still waiting for that official word, but he wasn't listed in the injury report. So, it's a matter of whether or not he's ready mentally um, and, I guess, physically. But he's not listed, not listed in the, the uh, final injury report for the game. 
So we'll see what LaFleur does there, or Patton, I should say. Uh, it'll likely be an Ibrahim Campbell type thing, but I think that's a role that we could definitely see him in. Yeah, definitely. You know, but <clears throat> do you see what kind of defensive front do you do you picture the Packers going in with? If you're not expecting, you know, Martinez to be the guy and them using Campbell and Green, what kind of defensive front do you do you think that they'll they'll be using? Well, I still expect Martinez to be um to be in there and captaining this defense. Uh but I just expect the other two one of the other two or a rotation of the other two in Green and Campbell to really be the opposite guy to Blake Martinez. Um, Martinez would be the general, you know, yeah. directing traffic, basically. Pretty much, yeah. I, I just, I just think that when you put Green or Campbell in, their their one responsibility is going to be Russell Wilson on every single play. Um, Definitely, because I don't, I hate, especially when you get if you, if Seahawks get into Packer territory, and you're looking at a third and eight, third and nine, and no one's open, he's scrambling around, and once you see open field, you just hold your breath. That's when you need a guy like Campbell or Green to step up. That's just what I'm really worried about, is continuously moving the chains by Russell Wilson extending plays with his feet. Yeah, you, you can't have it. You're going to have to get your defense off the field. Um, that's what, that's what Seattle wants to do. They want to grind. They want to grind the clock. They want to, they want to, they want to wear you down. And then they want to take deep shots with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And that's honestly their offense. If you can stop the deep plays, if you can stop the big play, you have a good chance to beat the Seattle Seahawks this year. And Jacob Westendorf and I talked about it on a podcast earlier this week. Or, uh, sorry, it was last weekend. But the the corners for the Packers, Jair Alexander and Kevin King, actually match up pretty darn well with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. However, I think DK Metcalf is going to get the better of Kevin King, unfortunately. I think physically they match up pretty well, but I'm worried about some of the, um, the ability to cover DK Metcalf one-on-one. Kevin King needs to stay on his feet, um, but it also, you know, it's kind of funny because DK Metcalf also has the same problem. Can't stay on his feet. And so, that's going to be a very interesting matchup to watch. Um, and I think it's going to honestly be the most key matchup in the entire game on both sides of the ball. And I think whatever team wins that matchup between the Packers corners and the Seahawks wide receivers, uh, I think that's the team that's walking out of this game uh, victorious. Yeah, and then also one stat I, I, I looked up that I found, which was interesting, is, of course, the Packers have the best pressure rate in the NFL, and Russell Wilson's averaging only 4.8 yards per attempt while under pressure, and that's the worst in the league. So uh, that's another important uh, way to get pressure, specifically in the interior. Try to keep them in the pocket and don't let them extend the plays. Yeah, you know the the defense is gonna have to stop Russell Wilson and stop the big play. I feel like it's a pretty simple game plan. You know whether or not they can go out and execute it, we'll have to we'll have to see. Um, on offense for the Packers, are we getting heroic Rodgers uh, this weekend? Well, I, to me, this game has Aaron Jones written all over it compared to Aaron Rodgers, because you think about it, the Packers are always a better team when Jones is the focal point this year. You know, Seattle's allowing almost 120 yards per game against the run. That's 22nd in the league. Over their last five games, they've allowed 161 yards on average. And then Seattle's allowing running backs to uh, to average 9.5 yards per catch. So I, I see Aaron Jones just having a good game against Seattle. I think this is just written all over so I don't know if Rodgers needs to be the you know playoff guy he has to be, but I feel like he can, especially 
if it's a close game, fourth quarter, you need to put it away, I think you'll be able to do it. Yeah, I I don't think that he's going to have to either. I think he's going to have to play better than he's played. Um, Without a doubt. Without and a doubt. not to say that he's played poorly. He just hasn't played up to the, the level of a Hall of Famer the past. As long as he doesn't have a Detroit Lions first half. <laughs> yes. That's all I'm saying. You, as yeah. long as he doesn't do that. Yeah, you can't dig those types of holes in playoff games um, and, and then expect to come back. And Especially so, with a veteran coach like Pete Carroll, if he sees Rodgers have that kind of half, they're going to exploit it. That's, that's what good football teams do. Exactly. And so, you know, the floor is going to learn that real quick as well. But I feel like the, the floor, I feel like he's got a good handle on those types of things. Um, you know, it all started with the all gas and no brakes comment earlier in the year. And... You just got to know, like you said, when to take the foot off the gas, when to put the foot, when to put the gas down, you know, when, just when to do things appropriately and in the flow of the game. And so LaFleur is going to learn real quick if he hasn't already, because Pete Carroll is, um, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL and it's, it's, it's just simple and Aaron Rodgers is going to have his handful. Uh, you know, you might say that Seattle defense is not that good. However, it's still Seattle. I don't care if we're in Green Bay and it's going to be snowing. It's still Seattle, and it's still the NFL playoffs. And we know the history between these two teams in in that type of setting. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a knock them down, drag them drag them out fight. Hopefully, exactly. it's not. But that's that's what it's going to be. So and you know, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say it, it's it's so hard to just look at. What uh, teams had done during the regular season, especially because last week against Detroit, people were saying, well, Detroit has literally the 32nd ranked pass defense. The Packers, Rodgers should tear this team up. And look, well, look what happened in the first half. So even though people say, well, statistically, Seattle has the sixth worst pass defense, you know, they've managed just 28 sacks, which is the second fewest in the league. You still, it, it's a new season. You, you don't know what to expect. You can't just base everything off of that, you know. And I know I just mentioned all those stats with Aaron Jones, but I still feel that uh, he can still have a great game. But that's the thing. You can't just say, oh, well, but you're right. It's like it's like it's Seattle. You can't. I know they're not the legions of boom, but they're still led by Pete Carroll, a great defensive-minded coach. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers is going to have to make plays. It might not be the uh, – Shoulder load carrying that he's done in the past, but he's going to have to make plays. And I believe, I believe that he will. I believe that he's not going to, in regards to the Rodgers critics coming into this game, telling him to put up or shut up, I don't think he's going to silence those guys. But I think he's going to do enough to get this team over the hump to a victory. And that's ultimately all that matters to me. And so, I'm looking forward to to this game and just seeing which version of Aaron Rodgers we get and which version of this Packers team we get because it's going to say a lot about him. It's going to say a lot about Lafleur. It's going to say a lot about the makeup of this team. And you know, I've talked about it a few times this year. This specific 2019 Packers team had a different feel to it from the start. You know, the last few the last few years. They lacked swagger and attitude, and you could just tell that it was a stale environment, and nobody wanted to be there. I don't get that vibe at all from this team this year, and I think that's been one of the biggest changes, and that comes with the arrival of a new head coach. But then, you know, 
as we saw in uh, Cleveland, real quick, that can sour. If if that coach is not managing appropriately the environment and the atmosphere and the players, that environment can go sour very quickly. So I'm going to give LaFleur a lot of credit where it's due there and, and him keeping everyone upbeat and just focused for, for 16 games and getting them to a 13-3 and record and earning that buy and going to Lambeau for the first playoff game um, of, of their 2019 season. So let's see if that carries over. Um, I just want to see if that carries over. That's my biggest concern. What would be your biggest concern for this game? Biggest concern for this game? Whew. Well, biggest concern is that just the history of the Packers going against Seattle. But biggest concern for this game? It's going to have to still be the Packer uh, passing offense just for me, just simply because of the last couple of weeks with Rodgers barely completing over 50% of his throws. That still has to be it. Hopefully Aaron Jones can, you know, take a load off Rodgers' shoulders and have a great game so you don't need to worry too much about it. But to me, that still has to be number one is getting this passing game going because the Packers, if you take a look, they've, they have a great scoring average in the first quarter compared to their opponents. So I think that they have to get off to a really good start because to me, it's kind of scary how in some games the entire game is – reflected by their first drive, like against San Francisco and then against Detroit. You know, the first drive needs to be good and you need to set a state you need to have a statement in your first drive. And hopefully the Packers can do that. That's just my only concern is is how they execute their first drive. It's gonna be big. And for all the reasons that you just said and all the reasons that I just said, they need to come out and show that they're ready to play after two weeks of waiting. And one week of waiting to play the Seattle Seahawks and everything that that means to a lot of players on this team. So with that being said, if the Packers are going to win this game um, today, now if you're listening to this, um, what which player is going to have to make a play? One player, he makes this play, the Packers win. Who is that player? Ooh. I'm going to go with Zadarius Smith. I see a sack, fumble, or uh, he rushes the quarterback, makes him rush the throw, and an interception occurs. I think that's what's going to happen. Well, I'll, I'll take you one further on that interception occurring, and um, I'll call you a Kevin King. And Kevin King, when he seems to make plays, this team seems to win. And there's been a pretty strong correlation between those two points. And he has a knack for doing it late in the fourth quarter or in the fourth quarter when the team needs a really big stop. And I think that that's what we're going to get from him um, against the Seattle team. He, he's going to be on DK Metcalf. I don't know if Patton is going to shadow uh, Metcalf with King and uh, lock it with Alexander. I think that would be wise, but that's not what he's done in the past. He's traditionally thrown um, each one of them on their own side. And... I, I just believe that King is going to make a play at some point in this game. Um, whether it's bad or good, even, that's going to determine the outcome of this game. And that's a lot of pressure on him, um, if he's ever listening. Hey, Kevin, if you're listening, um, I have faith in you. But <laughs> he, he's going to be such a key part of this defense, and he's going to have to make a play at some point. And whether or not he steps up is going to be a pretty, pretty big determining factor in this game for me. 
Do you, uh, uh, let's do, let's do some more, let's get some detail. You said DJ Metcalf has problems staying on his feet. Do you see that's gonna, that's gonna be what happens? He's gonna fall. Kevin King's gonna come up with the pick. You know, I don't know because when DK Metcalf has trouble staying on his feet, it's usually after he caught the ball. That's from what I've seen. Like he oh. catches the ball and then he like falls forward and like rolls forward. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, that, that his balance couldn't be thrown off before that. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should have done a little bit more research on this, but I don't know if he's played a corner, a corner with the physical stature of Kevin King that can actually match him in that area. You know, I don't know if he's, if he's done that. And right. not to say that Kevin King is going to be stronger than DK Metcalf because he's not, but he has the length to compete with DK Metcalf. Uh, whether or not he has the speed, probably not, but you're probably going to keep a safety over the top, whether that's Tremont Williams playing as a safety or Adrian Amos or Darnell Savage, one of those three covering over the top of DK Metcalf. Um, I believe Alexander could stay with Lockett if need be. And so it, I don't have a good answer for you, but I could totally see something like that happening. Yes, Metcalf falling down and King making a play on the ball. And I think Twitter would just explode if that happened. <laughs> so to wrap things up, what's your final score? Because, of course, in, in Seattle, the Seahawks, 12 of their eight games were decided by eight points or less. The pack, the average score of a Packer game this year, I think, was 24 to 20. So I, I see this again being a nail-biter. I have the Packers winning 21-17. I had an oddball score because these two teams are never normal. So I have 23 to 19. <laughs> 23-19, okay. All right, but I like it. It's going to be a one-possession game. It's going to be a nail-biter. I'm going to lose more hair. <laughs> but, I know. Uh, you know, I certainly hope that this team can come out and just railroad the Seahawks and, and take all that momentum into the championship game against either the Vikings, hopefully the Vikings, because that means the Packers are playing at home. Um, but I'd also like a chance at beating the, that 49ers team again and just kind of silencing all the critics if possible. So... Times are great in Green Bay right now. Uh, the team has returned back to the playoffs. It's playoff weekend um, for the Packers. I'm ready for this game. I'm ready to get this season continuing, continuing this season um, into further weeks here. Chris, uh, before we depart, why don't you tell the people what you're working on? Uh, right now, not working on anything specific, but definitely going to start going on some articles for the, for the Packers uh, during this playoff run. It's been two years so since they've been in the playoffs, so I'm going to get going on writing some articles about them uh, about this uh, new playoff run they're going to be going on. Awesome, awesome. And, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler Grez. I'm still writing for at Dynasty Nerds, um, the fantasy football website. But I mean, it's a little bit more than that. Uh, they're getting, we're, get, we're all starting to get into the college film and watching college prospects now, and that's really exciting. Um, so stay tuned on the Twitter at Tyler Grez for all my updates. Um, until next time, uh, make sure that you're subscribing to the Pack of Day podcast on any of your podcast listening platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, as including others. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to the Pack of Day podcast on Twitter uh, at Pack a Day Podcast, and you know everybody there is amazing. All, all the team members are willing to talk to somebody if they reach out. So uh, we love we love talking about the Packers, and we love we love productive discussions and conversations. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, everybody everybody loves to interact. So 
um, Pack-A-Day Podcast on Twitter. Until next time, uh, my name is Tyler Grzegorek. I was joined by Chris Schimmel today. Uh, go Pack Go, and uh, hopefully we're talking to you guys for the championship game. Or I'm sorry, we'll be talking to you post-championship game. We'll be talking to you on Pro Bowl week, previewing the Super Bowl, hopefully. So until next time, Go Pack Go, and uh, stay safe. you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring podcasts on the blue wire network unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system yet then you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.